Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pamela Rickia, and this is episode number 317 of the podcast. It's the 16th of February, 2022, as I record this intro. And this week, Anna Brown joins me for another Unschooling in Context episode, and we're exploring unschooling in the context of boundaries, comfort zones, and capacity. This topic came up as we were diving into cultivating self-awareness in the Living Joyfully Network last month, and it was so rich we wanted to talk about it on the podcast too. Setting boundaries is a popular topic in parenting and self-development circles, but the energy of that term can feel confrontational or rigid when we think about it through the lens of our relationships with our children. We talk about how the term comfort zone has a different feel and how capacity may be a good lens to look through when facing challenging times. This conversation is really a deep dive into how our word choices and the stories we tell ourselves impact our relationships. It's so much fun to explore. But before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon and a big welcome to new patron, Laura. Hi, Laura. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support helps pay for the hosting and the transcription, as well as my time spent creating new episodes each week. It's instrumental in keeping the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now, here's my conversation with Anna. Welcome! I'm Anna Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca, and today, Anna Brown joins me for another Unschooling in Context episode. Hi, Anna! Hi, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm really excited about this conversation, because this time we're diving into unschooling in the context of boundaries, comfort zones, and capacity. See, with unschooling, we're focused on cultivating connected, trusting, and respectful relationships with our children, with our partner, with anyone we choose to have that level of a relationship with, really. And we soon discover that that means deeply understanding ourselves so that we can more gracefully navigate the edges where we engage with others. So that's kind of the foundation of this conversation. So to start with, I wanted to dive into the idea of boundaries because it comes up pretty often in conventional circles, right? Often through the lens of self-care, encouraging parents to set boundaries and stay strong in defending them. And the motivation behind that idea makes a lot of sense to me. It's to encourage us to not be manipulated into doing things that we don't want to do. But the solution proposed of setting and defending boundaries can often create challenges and disconnection in our relationship, can't it? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, personally, I just don't find the boundary language particularly helpful for me because the energy of it feels very final. 
And it feel has this feeling of drawing the line in the sand and then I'm going to defend to the death, you know, and, and also that somehow I'm letting myself down if I don't uphold it. So I just really prefer to look at the moment in front of me to be honest about where I am and what I can do in that moment because it changes. You know, there are things we can't anticipate about situations ahead of us. And I think especially with my loved ones, I want to have an energy of curiosity and connection. Standing on the other side of this intensely drawn boundary just doesn't have that same feel to me. And, you know, this could be a language thing. I'm definitely a word person and I tend to respond energetically to words. So I look to my language to help me cultivate the energy that I want to bring and the person I want to be to a situation. So that's why these words are important to me. Um, I've also found boundaries to be one of those concepts that's a bit, let's say, contaminated by parenting gurus and self-help gurus. Um, You know, it's, for example, it happened with natural consequences too. You know, a natural consequence is walking out in the rain and getting wet, not forgetting to take the trash out. So I take your iPad. (laughs) So similarly, boundaries are something that can be super helpful when they're set for ourselves related to us and how we move through the world. But when we use a boundary to mean stopping or changing how another person moves through the world, we've moved into a different territory. We're now attempting to control another, but we're calling it our boundary. And so I think that boundary language just tends to shut down communication. It doesn't leave room for finding solutions that feel good to both parties. And I think it's important to realize this is not about not expressing or meeting our needs. But when we do that in relationships, it looks different. If we want to have a consensual relationship where the parties involved are heard and seen and we find these agreeable solutions, standing behind a hard boundary can get in the way of that. And I found that I can honor who I am and be open and curious to finding solutions that feel good to everyone. And another thing that I've noticed is something I call the pendulum that's related to this. So for much of our early life, we're kind of subject to other, you know, we're told what to do, often subjugating our needs. And somewhere along the lines, often in our 30s and 40s, we have this awakening and realize, wait a minute, (laughs) my needs are important too. And so you can go into this intense period of advocating for, you know, our needs. And I think this is when the strong boundary language that we hear around us really resonates. Like, yes, you know, (laughs) this feels good. But I've also seen that as we get just a bit older, that things soften and we realize that we don't have to defend our needs to the death, that we can honor ourselves and honor another and that solutions can be found. And there's no right or wrong about this or timeline about any of it. It's just that I think it's an interesting pattern. And I think it can help to be aware of it or watch for it and see how it's feeling as we play with unpacking any baggage we have in this area. And I think all of us pretty much have some baggage in this area. (laughs) (laughs) I think so too. And I love that idea of patterns and just watching. For me, I'm kind of like, I'm that pattern looking people. (laughs) I I enjoy looking for that and seeing the bigger picture patterns that flow. And I love that you mentioned the baggage that we can bring, because for me, as I thought about how the the idea of the uh, boundaries feels for me. And I'm thinking back to when I was first playing around with this, right? I realized I grew up steeped in that conventional culture of competition. Mm-hmm. So when I thought about how I anticipated engaging with others in terms of boundaries, it really spiked my defensive energy. And 
as soon as I was feeling defensive, I saw the other person, child, partner, whomever, as the opposition, right? You're the, the enemy because I need to defend this. And time and again, after having brought that energy to many a conversation, I learned through experience that when I did that, especially with someone that I love, that perspective and energy, like you were talking about, hindered our interaction. It got in the way of us moving forward. And my defensiveness in turn raised their defensiveness, which meant that we were both less empathetic because we were just each focused on our own and seeing it only through our own lens, right? And we were less creative in coming up with those solutions for moving forward, right? Because when we have that focused tunnel vision, that naturally does come with a feeling of needing to defend ourselves, right? That's a human need. We listen to the other person not to hear new bits of information that might help us better understand, but to find the things that we can twist in support of our stance, right? It's a completely different way of listening. (laughs) Completely different way. (laughs) So that's what thinking in terms of boundaries brings up in me. As you said, it's a language thing. It's our experiences. It can definitely be different for others depending on their experiences and how they relate to it. But I, I do remember that as I sat with the discomfort of these two seemingly like contradictory ideas, you know, I need boundaries so that people don't walk all over me. And, and also the idea of navigating boundaries sparks that energy in me that I don't like, and that often seems to negatively impact my connection with my child. Trying to sit with those two, it came to remind me of an earlier paradigm shift on my unschooling journey, which was around having hard rules, right? So that shift away from enforcing rules to having conversations with my kids came to make sense to me because we all learned so much more through the conversation because those conversations included the context that surrounded the moment. So what they were trying to accomplish, their motivation behind it, the risks that we saw, How likely were they to happen? Other options that were readily available that could accomplish the same things. In those conversations, I learned so much about them, right? What they were trying to do and why. And we all gained a better understanding of each other as we shared our perspectives and so much more critical thinking experience as we worked through and just kind of tried to weave these different things together in a way that worked for everybody. As you were talking about earlier, Whereas I realized that when I pulled out a rule, I just shut down all that thinking and all that learning. It's just like, this is it. This is that hard line. So the boundaries conundrum that I found myself in seemed to be so similar um, to the, the hard boundaries and the hard rules. And that was, it came to be, that's just a way to share that line in the sand with them, whether it was a rule around something they can do or a boundary about my needs even one, even a rule or a boundary that made sense to me, right. what it did was shut down so much rich conversation and learning and my opportunity to learn more things about them that maybe make more sense and make me want to shift that rule that I would never have discovered if I didn't have the conversation in the first place, right? 
Right. And, and that's the thing. We're talking about a very different style of communication and problem solving. And so that's what, you know, I hope that we can kind of see that as we're looking at it, because, you know, we have the one side, the zero sum game and defend your position. You know, that's pretty common in our culture. We see it in governments down to toddlers, you know, but then here we're talking about, you know, hey, listening, stating our needs, listening to someone else's needs, having that conversation, learning more about each other, moving forward together on the same team. It's so different, but it is so much more pleasant and so rich with the discoveries about each other and where we can go from there. Yeah, no, it, I think we've done a, done a reasonable job of communicating how boundaries shut down so much of those things. So I thought we could move on to what, what has worked for me anyway, which is that shift to using the lens with the idea of comfort zones. Um, and that was part of that parenting shift on my de-schooling journey from control, like rules, to connection, like conversations. So that's what shifting from boundaries to comfort zones in that language does for me. It reminds me to bring my sense of self. It's not about I have no boundaries, do whatever, whatever. It's not about taking our needs out of the equation. It's more fully bringing our needs into the moment, right? And into that conversation without having to draw that line in the sand. Comfort zones just really reminds me to open up and lean in rather than stand behind the line, right? Yeah. And for me, right, it's that line in the sand that I want to avoid. And I feel like comfort zones... Because it is, I just like the feel of it because we do talk about stretching and growing our comfort zones. And I found that my children 100% helped me do that because I think we can come into parenting with some pretty rigid ideas of how things should be. And that could stem from our own childhood experiences, the prevailing parenting norms around us. But those rigid beliefs don't take into account the actual humans that we're living with, how they see the world, what feels good to them, what they want to accomplish and learn. And that's where the curiosity and communication that we were talking about comes into play. I don't have to stretch my comfort zone, but I want to be open to examining it, you know, especially if it's somehow putting a limit on someone else. And so that's why in general, I just prefer to look at needs. If we have a situation where we're at an impasse, if we switch the focus to the underlying needs, then we have more room to find creative solutions that feel good to us both. So I just, I like the feel of that again. And I think it's just a totally different paradigm. Yeah. And for me, that was one of my big aha moments. And it relates to that. I like the way you frame that as needs. Um, For me, the shift was that these conversations really were less about the thing. We're at the edge, the thing that we are in conflict about, and more about the people involved, which again, fully included me. And that's literally, that's the needs. Like what does, what's one person needing or wanting to do and, and understanding the motivation behind that, understanding why they're making this next choice, why that's their next step that makes the most sense to them. And why that next step is like right at the edge of my comfort zone. What is it that's needling at me? And to understand that enough, like like you said, we don't have to or change, but when we understand it, we can better explain it to other people, like why this is making us uncomfortable, which gives them the opportunity to not only understand us better, but yes, they can say, oh, they can maybe give us more information that, oh, I didn't think of that. That makes so much sense. I'm good. 
or, you know, they bring something up. It's like, oh, but I kind of, you know, see this and then, then they can bring something else, you know, and, and maybe they shift because they better, oh, I didn't think of that. Right. I didn't think of that. Exactly. There is just so much more space for people to move when you take out the competitive nature of that hard line, right? I mean, I've said this a million times, but as humans, if we're backed into a corner, we'll defend something to the death, even if we don't agree with it. It's just like this kind of reaction when somebody's coming at us. But you see that very different exchange that you were just talking about. It's like, well, here's what I'm feeling worried about. Oh, okay. What about this then? And what about this? Like we're working together to try to make both of us feel good. So different. I know it's, it's amazing. And when we, I like the feeling also that it brings because I'm understanding that I'm choosing um, to stretch my comfort zone rather than framing it in my self-talk as I failed to defend my boundary. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's night and day, right? I failed. I chose because this makes sense to me or you know what? It doesn't even need to, it doesn't always make sense completely in the moment. It can still be a choice. Like, oh man, they've really thought about this. This is really important to them. I trust from maybe from past experiences that things work out. You know, there's also, you can also bring that trust. Right. It makes sense in the context of the relationship that you want to have. You know, maybe like you said, it's not about the thing necessarily. It's about this dynamic that we want to have. Yeah, exactly. And, and we can even, I, I love, this was something that came up in the network that I thought was really cool. It was, the difference we, that we can choose based on the circumstances um, to stretch our comfort zone, but we can also choose to operate for a while outside our comfort zone. Like, you know, sometimes a, sometimes a situation just demands that I do something that in any other circumstances I would not choose to do, but this is where I am right now, right? <laughs> I think parenting offers so many of those opportunities. <laughs> But, you know, I feel like we still get to decide how that looks for us, you know, so maybe it's staying up later than we planned or attending a concert we wouldn't normally have attended or whatever kind of thing would stretch us. But the key piece for me is remembering that I always have a choice, just like you just said, and remembering my why. You know, I I wanted to facilitate my children as they explored the world. So if there was any physical way I could do it, I wanted to do it. And if I ran up against a wall, so for example, for me, I had a lot of migraines when I was younger. And during those times, I I physically couldn't do anything. So I would ask for help. We'd find creative ways to get everyone what they needed. And that included me needing to be in bed in a dark room, (laughs) you know, but even with that, I still wouldn't call it a boundary or even a limit, because I just don't like the feeling of that. It was just my reality in that moment. And because we take each other's needs into consideration, I knew that I could trust that we would find a way to meet those needs. And and so when you don't have that defensiveness and competition, it just has this much softer feel. There is that trust there. And we just, we move forward together. I don't, I don't have to worry that I have to even explain or defend why I'm needing to be in bed. They want to help me and they know I want to help them. And, and that's the paradigm shift we're talking about. And I love the piece of the relationship that we're cultivating and how, you know, back at the beginning, we talked about how boundaries can get in the way and, and right. cause some disconnection in that relationship. Because as you, you threw in that going to a concert piece, <laughs> 
was a beautiful reminder, thank you, that I shared in, in the Unschooling Journey book, um, one of the stories uh, stretching my comfort zones. And the piece that I was trying to communicate there was that stretching our comfort zone doesn't need to be like an all or nothing. I need to decide now at this moment that it's all the things because it was it was a concert that we had tickets to go to and there was a huge winter storm that day. And I shared the story of how it was a step by step thing. Right. You know, she really she really wanted to go. I knew I would enjoy it. Um, but it was it was important to her, but she also understood the challenge of the storm, but also wanted to try. So for me, what helped me is it's like the little nudge and the little nudge. I'm like, okay, well, let's go. You're nudging together, you know? <laughs> exactly. We were both, we both had the same, like we were both going in the same direction. I said, well, you know what? Let's go like shovel the driveway, make sure we can even clean it off first to get the car out. Like that's, that's our first, the first little obstacle that I saw. Like I, I saw five or six different things that could, but I didn't know for sure. So it was worth it to me to try and, and see how things played out and to see if I could kind of stretch my comfort zone. So yes, we did manage to shovel she came out and helped shovel the dry you know it's when we're working together as a goal um the energy is so different like you said they want to help you when you're not feeling well they really the trust she was you were building the trust and she goes okay she's trying this and so if it didn't work which I think it ended up working right but if it didn't, <laughs> you know it would have been like but we tried together yeah and she would have seen the obstacle and understood yeah exactly it wasn't me like imagining something in my head because then you can question well you know how likely is that to happen and and so we did we we cleaned off we cleaned the driveway and then it's like okay now let's look at the road oh the road has been plowed that looks okay okay so now we'll go and we'll see what the traffic's like and and if the other roads and you know etc and we packed extra stuff in the car and and we did we ended up making and there was I don't know 50 people who ended up like because she was looking to see if they canceled the concert. So she was also checking that for us to see if they canceled yet. No, they decided to go ahead. And it was such a beautiful experience in the end, right? A small, intimate show. And and it was just lovely. But I couldn't have I would not have felt comfortable saying, yes, let's go right there in the very first moment. But slowly I could stretch my comfort zone as I was putting those pieces. And again, the important thing was I didn't lose any trust and because we were working together and we were evaluating together each of those steps along the way. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, we're driving a little bit slowly, but the the roads aren't crazy. There's not cars off in ditches all over the place, you know, et cetera. So it's so important. that. You know, as opposed to just reacting from fear or a boundary of I will not drive to the city in the snow. I mean, it sounds reasonable, you know, but then when you peel it back, it's like, but, but, you know, how do we feel about that? So I I love that piece of the working together on the same side, you know. And, And that is the beauty of comfort zones for me versus boundaries, a framework just for me to bring to these more challenging moments because it encourages me to actually pay attention to the moment, the context of the moment versus this is my line, yep. right? It's, it's so much more beautiful when you 
and you learn so much more. And the conversations are so much richer. Like it just does everything to cultivate the relationship that we're trying to cultivate with them, right? It strengthens that trust because they see us. It strengthens the critical thinking. It strengthens when we bring our needs to it. It is an example to them of bringing your needs and it encourages them to bring their needs more openly. And when we're not dissing them for why do you want to do that? You know, we're not judging them about what they're bringing, you know, Exactly. It's like, even if you hadn't ended up being able to make it, the relationship would have been intact. Whereas if you had just made the hard, fast line and she went upstairs and slammed the door, you know, like there would have been a rupture there. And of course you can repair a rupture and we can come back from that. But it's like, we don't even have to get there if we, if we're open and share our needs and have the conversations. Because often enough times in life, there will be those, those hard moments, right? There, There are no other options. Um, or things just go wrong. So yeah, we don't need to create them. Like that's another thing with boundaries too. It's like they need to learn that other people can't always do the thing or whatever. Yeah, no, they will. <laughs> We're going to hit plenty of those. <laughs> exactly. So there's another aspect um, that I wanted to explore, and it's the idea of capacity. And this came up in the network. Thank you very much, Erica. <laughs> and I thought it fits so beautifully with this conversation of boundaries and, and comfort zones, because sometimes we do have a pretty hard limit. Like a migraine, you know, um, on whatever we can physically or emotionally take on. And it can feel a bit more definitive than than comfort zone, right? But as you said, limit and boundary isn't feeling comfortable either. Even though we're not able to stretch right now, um, I think that idea of capacity just feels more informative. Back to exactly what we were talking about with comfort zones, bringing up more communication. It's supportive of, com- of conversations rather than boundary or limit or I can't do this. What it, the idea of capacity does to me is convey our sense of choice and agency in the moment without that confrontational feeling, right? It quickly communicates to ourselves, like reinforces to ourselves and to the others involved in the conversation, what we feel we are and aren't able to take on in this moment. Like capacity is just such a nice lens for us to check in with ourselves. And it's like, oh, because, and that's another great thing for our kids to learn because it's a human thing. Sometimes we can do some things and sometimes we can't just, and I think sometimes there's another thing that parents are worried about. Well, if I say yes now, I'll have to say yes to that forever. No, capacity is that other variable that is part of the equation of being in the moment, which is why the conversations are so much more valuable than the line. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. I loved when Erica brought this up in the network because capacity just feels so much more descriptive to me and more about the moment. Like you said, because my capacity on a migraine day is very different than my capacity on another day. And there can be so many things that play into that piece of capacity, sleep, money, time, illness, you know, all these different factors. But what I want to do with all exchanges with the people I love is keep us on the same side, just like we were talking about with the concert example they aren't trying to thwart me or harm me. You know, we're just all trying to get our needs met. And as we keep those lines of communication open, we build the trust in each other and we work together to help meet all of the needs. 
And something else that came up in the network discussions um, around this was the idea that we can operate within our capacity and survive, but we might not be able to thrive. So we're kind of on the edge of our capacity and we can physically get it done, but it may take this emotional toll or maybe even a longer physical toll. So when we keep choice in that equation, we can choose to operate within our capacity to thrive. We can communicate about that with the people in our lives and help them do the same. So I can honor who I am and still support my child and they can honor who they are and still consider those around them. And so that kind of leads me to kids have comfort zones too. And that sometimes as parents, we try to push them out of there. You'll even hear this language. I just need to push them out of their comfort zone. It's for their own good, you know, and it's that type of thinking. And it's really important to me to honor someone else's comfort zone or their personal definition of capacity, even if I don't understand it or think they could do more, especially with our children. This is how they learn about themselves. So they do not have to do the work that we are doing decades later to learn how to honor ourselves and to know who they are. They can have a strong sense of what works for them and their why from the beginning. I want to trust their process and that they will stretch when it feels right to them. And so maybe it's helpful next time we kind of bump up against someone that we we think they could do a bit more than maybe they are, is to consider that maybe they're operating within their capacity to thrive, not their capacity to survive. And wouldn't it be beautiful if we could all stay in that thriving zone as much as possible? Because like you said, there's going to be times where we're pushed outside of it to deal with an emergency or to, you know, something that's happening around us. But but what if when we see our child not doing something with the, that we think they could do, that it's really just them knowing themselves and knowing that that may push them over an edge that is, you know, into survival mode versus thriving. So I don't know. I just love that kind of framing of it as we look at another person and, and maybe not judge so much. <laughs> yes. I love looking at the things through their eyes. And even when we don't understand why the choices that they're making, we don't need to. But when we honor those choices, it gives us another piece of a better picture of who they are, right? And understanding that there can be so many reasons why, like capacity can be a reason why they they, um, aren't up for it or don't want to stretch or like do the thing that you know they're capable of doing, but why are they not doing it now? (laughs) And the other piece too that we've mentioned before in that situation is that it can also like, it can be so many things, but it can also be like a bid for connection that we've talked about, right. You know, maybe they don't want to dress themselves and it's not really about the getting dressed and the capability or the capacity for it. It's really, you know what, I want to spend some time with you. Right. And they may not, they, depending on their age, they really may not even be able to verbalize that or to understand it. I agree. It's respecting their motivation, like wherever they are in their, in this moment, this is the next best thing that they see happening, moving forward. Yeah. And I mean, the thing about changing the energy, you know, so they ask us for a glass of water that they can clearly walk across and get, and they may even be closer to the water than we are, but it's, but maybe it's changing the energy because there's a discussion going on over here or something's happened with the sibling or, you know, me with my partner or whatever. And so then it's just realizing, like just grounding into that, Hey, I trust them. They need this for me right now. And I would do it for my partner. I would do it for the neighbor if they needed water, you know, so just understanding that, I don't know. It's that trust piece. 
It really is. And, and I love just bringing the, that the idea of boundaries, like for people to just question that, because, you know, that's my boundary that, that can definitely be a boundary and one that we see kind of held up in conventional culture, parenting circles. Like if you know how to do this, do this for yourself. That's how, (laughs) you know, and thinking that, oh, if they don't do these things for themselves, they're, they're spoiled or I'm just, you know, I don't even know the words not even coming to mind because I don't think in those terms anymore, but I'm just serving them. Right. We're missing these opportunities to deepen that relationship. And then what, what I've seen, and I know you've seen it too, is then when I'm feeling that way out of source and just not wanting to get my own water or whatever, that they'll be the first ones to bring it over to me, you know, because that's just the exchange that we have. I don't, I don't want to die on a hill of, I'm not going to do something because you can, I do stuff for people all the time that they can do adults, you know? So why would I want to draw that line in the sand when it comes for, to my children who I love so much? I know. And, and the parenting circles just bring that in, in through the lens of they, they have to learn how to do right. these things, right. right? It's, it's so fascinating, but what we're learning by honoring um, their choices in the moment is them learning so much more about themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And as you said, and then that relationship doesn't need to be in conflict so much. Like, you just day to day conventionally, you see that yeah, do this, do that, don't do that. You know, there's just so many moments of conflict that get in the way of cultivating that connected and trusting relationship. And when we can step back again, it doesn't mean we have to not bring our needs to the table. But so often I have the capacity to get that glass of water or to run downstairs and grab the box of Lego because uh, they just had a great idea and they're just finishing up something else. You know, there are so many times where I can say I can just take five seconds to say, you know, what does this serve for me? Is this something that I can do? You know, can I help them stay in the moment with what, what, wherever their head is when they're, they're learning stuff, just, just through play, they're playing, they're engaged, all those people. If you can't, it's because it's something that you can explain. Exactly. I've got to wait right here for this call or, and then I can get it afterwards or whatever. And then they know, as opposed to no, you can do that for yourself. You know, that's such a different feeling because that's the communication. And then that helps them in turn when we ask them for something to communicate clearly as to why not, instead of just going no or whatever, we have this line of communicating, like why something works for us or why it doesn't work for us. Yeah, because what it does is kind of tosses the choice back and forth, right? It's like, oh, can you get this? I need five minutes to finish this up because, you know, I can't leave it. I can do it then. Oh no, I really need it now. Um, is there a way you can, or they'll go get it or they'll toss it back. And it's really important, but I can't leave my thing. It's like, okay, I can think about, or, you know, you just, it's just that back and forth of real information, not boundaries. Exactly. And, and they're trying to take advantage of me, or I, I, I have to do this and feel martyrly about it. And these skills are critical in all relationships. We can yeah. think about the relationships with our friends or with our partners and go, oh, <laughs> you know, there's room for me to communicate more about my needs versus expecting them to understand it or standing on some, you know, ground of a boundary or whatever. When we have that, it's just more information. I just feel like the more information and transparency we have, the easier it is to be in relationship. And, and I mean, that's for me, the human experience is these relationships. 
I know. And when you think about it, like the more information you have, it is, it is so often so much easier to find that path through those pieces of information. Like if I only have like two pieces, they want to do this and I don't want them to do this, or I don't want to do my part. You know, how do you find a space between the chasm of those two things? But as we each share a little bit more information, we're narrowing in on that path that can move between those. And we can all work together to kind of find that and just and just flow with it. You know, sometimes it takes three sentences and off we go. We figured it out. And sometimes it takes longer conversations, maybe over over days or weeks. So, exactly. I was going to say over the course of days or weeks even. But for me, that quick check-in is, do I feel like we're on the same side moving forward or do I feel like we're, we're kind of... Yeah, opposite sides of that boundary. Quick way for me to go. "Mm, I want to turn this around a little bit. I want to look at what's happening to get us back on the same side. Because even when it feels really hard, and it may take a couple weeks to figure out how to make this big thing happen, if we're both over here, it just feels so much better. Yeah, yeah. And one last thing I wanted to mention about um, capacity that came up in our conversations is the idea of the times when we are feeling bad about like where our capacity leaves us versus what we wish we could do. And that sometimes there can be some processing of grief to do in those kinds of situations, because yes, we wish we could do all the things that we could support our kids in all the ways. Like you brought up money earlier before weather, you know, there are just so many things of life that can get in the way. Um, and it is also it is valuable to realize that we can give ourselves some space to process that grief over our capacity, over you know all the things we want to do versus what it is that we can do. If it feels like we're coming up short, now this is all within ourselves, right? And the piece that I I just wanted to also the seed I wanted to plant in there as well is what can be woven in there is that cultural drive for doing it all for being the best, you know, going for that A as a parent, like just to also bring that into our thoughts and weave that in. Because I think for me anyway, often that view of myself and who I want to be and what I want to accomplish, like is an outsized version of myself that can do all the things all the things now (laughs) and keep everybody in my family because my family's a lot of people, you know, everybody happy like that to ask myself if I'm putting um, outsized expectations on myself versus my capacity. Right. Do you feel like when you're even describing that you're putting yourself as other, you're not on the team with your family there. You're going to be the person that does it all. And you're going to do, and it's like, oh, that's so hard. And it's so unrealistic, you know, and I definitely had to process some grief. So I'm really glad you brought that up with my migraine stuff. Cause I remember laying in the bed, just tears pouring down my face because it was a birthday party that I wasn't able to take them to. And David had to take them or that, you know, we've been waiting for this thing to happen. And then it was a migraine day. And so, I mean, I can get teary thinking about it now, but 
But the thing is, I, I still felt like we were on the same side. Like, you know, they would come up like after they went to the event, they'd snuggle into the dark bed and like, you know, whisper and tell me about it and just be there with me. And I would feel like we're still connected, but, but right. We need to be aware of those things and understand and not let those serve to distance us, you know, not let us shut it down or, you know, cause sometimes we can get defensive, you know, those kind of things. And so just being aware of that grief piece, I think is really valuable. I do. I do. I think it's so valuable to, and to treat capacity with, with love and compassion and kindness for ourselves. Like this is who I am. This is who I am in the moment. Right. And to realize that those outsized expectations really don't add value. What they're doing is making me judge myself more. And when we're feeling that extra weight, I know in my case, I felt I was capable of doing even less. Right. You know what I mean? We're carrying this. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You just put, I just put more stuff on top of myself versus, you know, alongside all the other things that I am literally carrying. Um, and so even though it seems paradoxical, well, if I don't have those big ass goals, <laughs> I'm never going to go in that direction. But it's so fascinating to like just hold the direction, not the destination, and work with my capacity and being loving and kind and compassionate towards myself. That's also the energy that I want to cultivate for and the experiences I want my children to see. That's what I was going to say too, that I feel like it gives this kind of permission, maybe not the right word for others to go, yeah, I want to operate in a place where I'm thriving with my capacity and I want to be able to express my needs and and it's okay for me to express my needs and not to kind of push through, you know, whatever. And so we can have those conversations, but all of that happens when we're open and having the conversations. Yeah. And I think what rolls in there now too is the consent piece. And you know what? Uh, let's put a link to the consent conversation that we yeah, have. Absolutely. Like it all weaves together, all these relationship pieces. Okay. So, anyway, thank you so much, Anna. That was such a lovely conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I, and we both love playing with words. And I love what you said earlier about how it's, how do the words, make me feel when I go, how the, it's the language that we're using to describe things to ourselves. Your story, right. Our story. Oh no. Now do we have to put the stories link in there? (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) If you found this conversation interesting, I really do encourage you to hit the consent conversation and the stories conversation, because I think it is all rolled together and find the language that works for you. Find the language that helps you come to these moments with the energy and the perspective and the openness that you want to, to cultivate the relationships that you want to have with your children, with your partner, with those that you love. You know, we're not telling you what words to use or not use. It's, it's, you know what, let's open this up and see what feels good. Don't just adopt language or actions because that's what everybody says will work, right? 
it's just that it's it's being open about it and 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 examining that and see what makes sense for you. And it just made reminded me of like, hey, join us in the network because these are the kind of cool conversations we're having. Like, it's so I cannot tell you the amazing people like in there that are bringing up these ideas that we can just like look at and tweak, and then just the fun about the connections and the family. So yeah, I just it's it, I am going to put a plug in for the network because it's these conversations I enjoy them so much and it's just so amazing. Yes, it is a great place just to tease apart these things, right? Just, and everybody bringing, coming with their pieces. It's um, so individual, right? It is. It's so individual and it, it is so fun to see just the richness. There's a good word. It's so rich. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Anna. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the growing podcast archive. The conversations never go out of date. You can find more information about my books, the Living Joyfully Network online community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit online course at my website, livingjoyfully.ca.